When you risk like this, you don't check the forecast, every day it's gon' rain. Yeah, made a brick do a brick, I ain't whip up shit, this pure cocaine. Yeah, from the streets, but I got a little sense, but I had to go cook no brain. Cook no brain, I ain't worried about you, I'ma do what I do, and I do my thing. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend, Jalen Hunter. And if you would do me a favor, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. They say football is is a game of inches. And in my opinion, that doesn't just mean, you know, the inches and yards on the field. It means Mistakes can get magnified in close games. And mistakes hurt even, like, are are, are small mistakes huge? Small mistakes turn to large mistakes. Large mistakes turn to massive mistakes. Massive mistakes turn to losses. You see, when you're playing a team that you're looking, uh, sometimes you're looking up to, sometimes you're looking straight, straight ahead, Vell's margin of error, the margin of error is, is, is minuscule. The margin of error is so small. Because what could happen? What could happen is one error ruins the whole game. Or not ruins. L- loses you that game. What do I mean by that? So the Chargers went into Arrowhead. And a lot of people had the Chargers winning this game. The Chargers looked really good week one. Hell, they look they look really good narrowhead, but they look really good week one. There are a lot of there are some people that have the Chargers in the Super Bowl. But the Chargers win the Arrowhead, and as we know, Arrowhead is the cream of the crop when we talk about or the Chiefs are the cream of the crop when we talk about the AFC, at least in the recent years with Patrick Mahomes. Now, yes, I think the Chargers going into uh, Thursday's game had won, what, two of the last three or three of the last four. But overall, the Chiefs have dominated not only this matchup between the Chargers, but the AFC West for, for a good little minute now. But this year is different. Going into this year, again, with the acquisitions and the moves that the Chargers made this offseason and that they've made for the last few years, a lot of people have them dethroning the Chiefs for this division. So going into Thursday night football uh, was big for the Chargers. And it was a litmus test. Like, how do we fare? We played really good week one. How do we fare against a, a, a top dog, a, a, a person that has been a nemesis for a while, a person that we have struggled with? Well, in those type of games, you see, you know, people really come out like we see who is who. And Justin Herbert was incredible. First and foremost, before I keep going, bro, I don't know. The man looked like he had some broken ribs, some cracked ribs at the end of the game. He shouldn't have been out there. Chase Daniels. Yo, Twitter is undefeated, bro. <laughs> Chase Daniels. I didn't realize. You know, Twitter will show you a lot of things. I didn't realize just how much money Chase Daniels made, like, in, in his in his NFL career. 
and he's only started like five games. That's that's insane to me. That's insane to me. But the Chargers were were the Chargers were so like in control of this game throughout the majority of the game. Now, no, it wasn't like they weren't dominating, but they controlled the game. The defense was incredible. Asante Samuels had had a couple times and he could have intercepted the ball. Joey Bosa was felt like he was in the backfield. He was he was damn near hugging Patrick Mahomes most of the game. The defense came to play. Hell, the offense, Mike Williams had eight catches for 113 yards and one touchdown. Let me tell you how Mike was. Let me tell you about Mike Williams, man, and why Mike Williams frustrates me. And this is, you know, this is kind of a tangent. I picked up Mike Williams last year for fantasy. Mike Williams is an, an incredible talent. He was an incredible talent in Clemson. He's an, he's he's a big body. He's a he's a fast receiver, strong receiver. Here's my frustration with Mike Mike Williams. And if anybody can agree with me. Or if anybody's felt how I felt about Mike Williams leaving the comments, like, do what you want to do. (laughs) Mike Williams will have a game like he had on Thursday. Eight catches, 113 yards. He had an incredible one-handed touchdown. He He looked like the best player on the field the entire game. But then next week will happen, and he'll have two catches for 30 yards or four catches for 18 yards. I'm like, what happened to last week's Mike Williams? The inconsistency just be killing me. But back to the game. When you're playing an opponent like the Chiefs, and you're playing an opponent like Patrick Mahomes, like Andy Reid, like Travis Kelsey, your margin for error shrinks and and the Chargers were doing a great job, even though Austin Eckler wasn't, I mean, he had 14 carries for 39 yards. The running game wasn't doing much. But again, Justin Herbert, 33 for 48, 334 yards, three touchdowns. He had a quarterback rating of 105. Or 100.5, I'm sorry. Those are the games that, even though nothing's going right on the on the running game, again, Mike Evans had 113 yards. Gerald Everett had 70, 71 yards. DeAndre Carter had 55 yards. Uh, Austin Eckler did have nine receptions for 55 yards. In those games, the margin for error is small. Why do I keep saying margin of error? Because this game was lost on one play. One play. And that was the pick six, the 99-yard pick six that Justin Herbert threw. Now, it's a huge, huge. It came, I think, in the third quarter. I know Jer- I, he passed to Jerry. I kind of blame it on Jerry Everett, even though he was tired. He was asking to come out, but they were running the hurry up. So he didn't really give the effort he needed to give to, you know, be able to catch the ball. But 
this game told me a lot. It told me a lot about both teams. Let's start with the Chargers. The Chargers are exactly who I thought we were, who I thought they were going into the season. Do I think that they could win a Super Bowl? Yes. Do I think they will win the Super Bowl? No. But I do think they're good enough because what I wanted to see and what I needed to see was how they fare against not only the AFC West, but how they fare against top opponents. Because that was one of their biggest knocks just a year ago. You know, they they would they would have good games, but they couldn't close out. Now, yes, I understand that the same thing happened last night or Thursday night football. However, if you negate that, and there was a lot of times, Patrick Mahomes, yo, Asante Samuel dropped two interceptions. Three. He dropped three. One bounced off the ground. One and two of them he just dropped. One of them would have been a pick six in the end zone. The other, like, Asante Samuel dropped three interceptions. Kyle Van Noy almost had a clear interception, but he tried it with one hand and batted it down. That's four interceptions. What I'm saying is this, man. This team played good enough to win. And when you're playing a team like Kansas City in Arrowhead, I want to see, are you playing to, even if you lose, did you play good enough to win? And if you lose, how did you lose? And that's one of the biggest reasons why, one of the biggest takeaways is the the Chargers are going to be okay. The Chargers are going to be great. Because I don't think the Chiefs beat them. The Chargers lost this game or lost the game because of that pick six and because you drop they dropped i think four or five inter- interception quality passes and this is on a day where the, the the running game isn't doing good Justin Herbert was sacked twice And J.C. Jackson, that was his first game back from from injury. So it told me that the Chiefs are going to be okay. I mean, not the Chiefs. The Chargers are going to be okay. The Chargers are as you clean it up a little bit, clean it up a little bit. I mean, but Justin Herbert, like he was, he had, I I don't know, as I'm recording now, I don't know what the port says, but he had either had some broken ribs, some cracked ribs, because it was one time. He was, it was like third and one. He clearly had it to go to the first down. Like, clearly could have ran the ball. He was running, but he had to stop and just chuck the ball because it's just, he just, I don't know if it was the pain, what it was, but he couldn't run, which is funny because the very next play, he threw the cleanest 40-yard, <laughs> cleanest 40-yard throw I've ever seen in my life. It's crazy. But it told me by the Chargers, is going to be okay. They're, they're, they're going to be good, and they... They have all the tools to win the AFC West. Or, yeah, AFC West. And I know it's only, you know, game two, but that makes the Chiefs and Chargers match up, I think, down the road because they'll be playing in, you know, at SoFi. That makes that matchup ten times more uh, important or ten times more. The, the stakes are that much higher. But 
I think I think they'll be good, man. They'll be good. And on the Chiefs side, it told me a, a, a couple things. One, that boy Patrick Mahomes is good. I, I knew it, but some of them side angles that he was he was like when he threw the ball. I think it was McKinney or McKinnon when he threw the side arm after being you know, scrambling. He's man. He is tough. When he threw that that pass to Justin Watson, the touchdown. <laughs> but it also showed me that you know, one of the biggest question mark or the, the thing that I thought was going to hold the Chiefs back could still possibly hold the Chiefs back, and that is their defense. Especially their the back end of their defense. Yo, Mike. Again, if it wasn't for that pick six, they probably would have lost the game because the Chargers' defense was playing well. The Chargers' offense was playing well. Yeah, Patrick Mahomes was doing his thing, but the receiving – Travis Kelsey had five receive or 55 – 51, I'm sorry, receiving yards. Justin Watson at 50. Cole Harmon at 49. Cop- Clyde Evers Alaire had 44. Valdez Scaling had 13. Juju Smith Schuster, bro, had to had 10. Yo, what is Juju? Never mind. The thing that I thought was could possibly hold them back could still possibly hold them back, and that is their defense. We know how great Patrick Mahomes is. We know how great Andy Reid is. We know how great Travis Kelsey is. But that defense, especially after after losing Tyron Matthew, it had holes everywhere. Not everywhere, but it had holes. They they did really good with the running game, like stopping the running game. But the passing game, like the corners and the safeties, boy, oh boy. Yo, Mike, Mike Williams had 113 yards. And Mike Williams is a number two receiver. They're number one. That's another reason why I think the Chargers are going to be okay because they didn't even have Keenan Allen, who was their number one receiver. <clears throat> but congratulations to the Kansas City Chiefs for beating the LA Chargers twenty-four or twenty-seven to twenty-four. Uh, I'm excited moving forward. So, but let's move forward. Week two is upon us. Week two is here, and. I am going to give my predictions about who is going to win the games. That's just what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to go down every. Uh, I'm going to go down every matchup and give you who I think is going to win. So, let's start with the Dolphins at Ravens. I have the Ravens. I just i I think the Dolph. I think the Ravens defense is gonna is gonna have to be important, especially when you stop. When you're, when you're going up against the speedy receivers like Tyreek Hill, like Jalen Waddle, Marlon Humphreys and Marcus Peters are going to be huge. And I think that Lamar Jackson is going to be Lamar Jackson. One thing that I did see last week that is kind of a, brings uh, Lamar Jackson's not running as much. We knew I knew going we knew going into it that he was either going to play normal or he was going to have to tweak his game due to the fact of, you know, he's playing for a contract at this point. And he didn't run that much. And even still, he looked he his some of his pocket throws were incredible. I mean, the one to Duvernay, uh, Duvernay or two to Duvernay, one to Rashad Bateman, they they looked great. 
So I think Lamar Jackson is going to he's probably gonna because of how good the, the, the Dolphins defense is, he's gonna probably run a little bit more and I just I ha, I don't see the Ravens losing this game. I, I don't. If they do, we'll talk about it. But I just I got the Ravens winning this game. Uh, Browns against the Jets. You know, honestly, this game was a lot closer than I think the Browns are going to win. The Browns are at home and they're the better team, especially defensively. But because of the quarterback play, man, Joe Flacco against uh, Jacoby Brissett, I don't see much of a distance between that. But I'm still going to pick the Browns because of their defense. Miles Garrett is still Miles Garrett. And uh, and their running game. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt. I think that they can really feast off of the Jets defense. So I have the Browns winning that. Commander at Lions. I will say this. I am nervous about this game. After watching what the Lions did against the the Eagles week one, the the Commanders can very much lose this game. Now, yes, the Lions did lose against the Eagles, but the Eagles are a better team than the Commanders. The Eagles have a better defense. The Eagles have a better offense. And I think the score was 38 to 35 uh, Eagles. And I... I I don't know if Carson – I mean, we don't know if Carson Wentz can have those moments where he can just look god-awful. And again, the Lions the Lions have a good team. They have a good team. They're coached by – or they, they really love their coach and Dan Campbell. I think uh, I'm going to pick the Commanders because I'm a Commanders fan. However, I will not be shocked if the Commanders lose this game. I wouldn't be. I would not be at all. Colts at Jaguars. I have the Colts. Bro, you – you you the Jaguars aren't that good of a team. They're deep. They're better. They they spend a lot of money on their defense. But you got to beat the you got to beat the Jaguars if you're if you're Matt Ryan and the Colts. So I have the Colts winning this. Buccaneers at Saints. I have the Saints. The Buccaneers. A lot of their players haven't been practicing. Like a lot of their key players, Chris God was not going to be there. I want and, and the Saints just had their number. I think the Saints have won like four straight or the last four against Tom Brady. And you're at uh, the Dome. Have the Saints winning this. Their defense is, is still explosive. And their offense with Jarvis Landry, Michael, Michael. Uh, how did I just blank on his name? Michael Thomas. They, that's Alvin Kamara, I think is going to be, even though he didn't really practice that much either. I think he's going to be more uh, important for this game. I just have the Saints winning this one. Panthers at Giants. To me, this is a pick'em game. This is a very even game. I don't, I don't know. I, I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna pick the Panthers just because I trust Baker Mayfield. Even though it's uh, the trust isn't that high, I trust Baker Mayfield more than I trust Daniel Jones. Even though the Giants, they did look good against the Tennessee Titans, but the Tennessee Titans should have won Week One. They missed a field goal. Um, you know, so I have the Panthers winning that game. Patriots at Steelers. Actually, I have the Steelers winning this one. I whether it's Mr. Trubisky or Kenny Pickett, I trust them more than what we've seen out of the Patriots, uh, especially with the offense. How bad it's it looked at least week one. I don't see it getting much better against this defense. I do want to see what the defense looks like without T.J. Watt. Uh, looks like he'll be gone for at least four to six weeks uh, with a torn pectoral muscle. <laughs> so I'm gonna pick the Steelers. And I think this is sort of, but I do want to see what they look like without 
TJ Watt. I know they're not going to look as good, but can they sustain until he gets there? And the Patriots team isn't that good of a team, especially offensively. So I have the Steelers winning that one. Falcons at Rams. I have the Rams. I think the Rams are going to destroy the Falcons. The Rams did not look good week one. They didn't play any of their starters. So now that you have the reps, now that you have the time, and you you kind of have the chip on your shoulder from week one, they're going to destroy the Falcons. So I, I have the Rams. Seahawks at 49ers. This is a huge game for the 49ers. This is a huge game for Trey, uh, Trey, Trey Lance. If Trey Lance does not win this game, if they, he can't outplay Geno Smith, then – you think the questions and the, the the should Jimmy G start conversations were loud this week. Imagine what they look like next week. But I have the 49ers. It's just a better team. And now I do want – it looks like George Kittle won't be playing, uh, you know, Debo Samuel. You still have a better team. Uh, but even without George Kittle, even and Elijah Mitchell won't be playing. It looks like he's out for most, if not all, of the season. Um, but even still, you have you – have, the defense you have Nick Bosa you have but you should win this game so I have the 49ers winning against the Seahawks and your home Bengals at Cowboys I have the Bengals I don't trust Cooper Rush at all and even with Dak Prescott they didn't look good and the Bengals coming off a loss Joe Burrow had his worst game as a football player. I just think you're going to bounce back, even in Jerry World. And the defense didn't look, even though Michael Parsons did look good. I don't, I don't. I have the Bengals winning this one. Uh, Texans at Broncos. I have the Broncos. They're they all week we've talked about Nathaniel Hackett. You know, not letting Russ cook or or you know taking Russ off the fourth down play to kick a 40, 64-yard field goal to win the game, which they lost. <laughs> Shocker. I just think that they're going to be better, and this is the Texans. The Texans aren't that good of a team, so I have the, the Broncos. Cardinals at Raiders. This is a good game. This is a this is going to be a sneaky good game, in my opinion. I have the Raiders. I have the Raiders because even though the questions and the problems that plagued the Raiders a year ago was – front and center week one which is their offensive line and their defense I think they have the best player on the field or the I think they have arguably three of the best players on the field at one time which is Devontae uh, Adams Darren Waller and uh, Derek Carr you can kind of go back and forth between Derek Carr and Kyler Murray but I, I just think the Raiders are going to win this I didn't like what I saw from the from Kyler Murray and the and the Cardinals. Now, yes, they went against the Chiefs, <laughs> but I just didn't like what I saw. I didn't like what I saw from the offense. I didn't like what I saw from the defense. How they had sink. I don't know why the hell they kept Isaiah Simmons single coverage against Travis Kelsey. I met now if they try to deploy that against Darren Waller, that's just, it's it's going to be over quick. Um, and I think that Derek Carr, which he tends to do sometimes, he tried to force things or he tried to panic and force them, or tried to panic. He panicked and forced things a couple times. I don't I don't foresee that happening or that shouldn't happen. Uh, I have the Raiders win and the Raiders at home. I have the Raiders win this Bears at Packers Monday Sunday night football. The Packers are going to destroy the Bears. Uh, you heard if I'm wrong again, I will talk about it on Wednesday. The Packers will destroy the Bears. I just, I just, 
it's they didn't look good against the Vikings. They will destroy the Bears. Now, even though questions are still the questions are very real as far as who is going to emerge as their number one receiver. Is Alan Lazard going to play? That defense was was that just a bad week one against Justin Jefferson and that Vikings team? Or because this is the the same defense that we thought was going to be one of, if not the best defense in the league, looked pedestrian at best. So now you're going against a a, a team that their quarterback is still young and Justin Fields. There they don't you talk about the the Packers <laughs> receiver core. The Bears receiving core is 10 times worse. Their defense isn't that good either, even though you do have Raquan Smith. I have the Packers winning that. And we have a doubleheader for Monday Night Football. We have the uh, Titans at Bills. I got the Bills destroying the Titans. <laughs> and, yeah, the Vikings at Eagles. I think that's going to be a really good game. Uh, that's going to be on ABC, but that's going to be a great game. I... You see, what I'm what I'm what I'm struggling with between these games is the quarterback. I don't have faith in either one, honestly. And I do think that having their number one receiver, like a Justin Jefferson, like a AJ Brown, definitely that defense is tough though. I'm gonna go with the Eagles just because their Eagles are at home. And I tr- I like the Eagles defense more than I like the Vikings defense, even though you have arguably the best wide receiver in the game at this moment at on the Vikings. I just I like the Eagles being at home and I like the the connection that AJ Brown has with Jalen Hurts and that defense Darius Slay. It's it's gonna be tough. I, I have the Eagles winning this game. So those are my picks. Um let me know what you think. Let me know how you feel. Uh Leave in the comments. Talk about it. Bada bing, bada boom. Moving forward. See, see, here's the problem with college football, bro. It's exciting to watch, but there's nothing really exciting. The biggest game this week is what? Miami Miami at Texas A&M. And Texas A&M just lost to Appalachian State. Like, BYU at Oregon's big, but... I think the allure of that game kind of got dashed after Oregon got thumped by Georgia. Outside of that, I mean, Auburn or Penn State at Auburn is going to be okay. Uh, Cal at Notre Dame is Notre Dame finally going to bounce back and get a win this week this year. Um, that's it. That's it. Oklahoma and Nebraska, that's the rivalry, but with Nebraska and the whole Scott Frost thing, who is going to be, like, what do they look like without Scott Frost? Probably look better without Scott Frost, but I don't see them matching up against Oklahoma. I just, I don't don't see it. Uh, Georgia at South Carolina, that would be cool since the SEC, two SEC teams, but Georgia, in my opinion, is 10 times better than South Carolina. Florida State at Louisville. That could be an exciting game. Boy, that happened yesterday. That's it. And I think think Texas A&M is going to... Texas A&M, in my opinion, is going to lose to Miami. They're going to lose to Miami. That's tonight. They're going to lose to Miami. So, outside of that, there's not really big games, man. 
And that, that's why I said that's the problem with college fo- football, man. They, they have so many games, which I get, all these schools, but, no, like, only two games? If you're a big fan of these schools, of course you're going to watch. Like, if you're a fan of Michigan, you're going to watch Michigan or UConn at Michigan, but it's UConn at Michigan. Like if you're if you're a big fan, you're you're because the SEC you're excited for Georgia at shouts out to L Duncan, Georgia at uh South Carolina, but we know what's gonna happen in that game. It's you know, they, they yeah. Let's move forward. Let's move forward. You know sometimes. Uh, Father, you know, we look at people like Tom Brady. We look at people like LeBron James. We look at people like uh, Aaron Rodgers to a certain extent. We look at people that are exceeding father time or just beating the hell out of father time. And we kind of get used to it. We get used to the fact of players playing past you know past their expected expect you know their expectancy you know what i mean like we expect players at this point to play well into their 40s and and hell there's some hockey players that play like 48 49 years old but there are sometimes hell serena williams played she won a mass she won a major while having a child in her stomach. Like those people are anomalies. Then you have people like Roger Federer. Who announced his retirement uh, the other day at 41. Retirement from professional tennis. After some uh, mate or some tournament that he's going to do. Roger Federer is my favorite male tennis player of all time. Roger Federer is I don't let me let me be, let me be honest with you, man. <laughs> I don't I I can follow tennis. I can't explain tennis. Like I know how you score. I know you got to hit the ball on the other side and the other person got to you know volley. I know I can't I know tennis as far as I know. Like, oh, that's a point. Oh, that's not a point, you know? I know what a fault is. I know what an ace is. I just can't explain tennis. I don't know it like that. But what I will say is there have been two people in my lifetime that have made me excited about tennis and made me actually stop and watch tennis. And both of them are retiring (laughs) this year. And in fact, have retired in a two, three-week span. And that is Serena Williams, who is the greatest tennis player of all time, and Roger Federer, who is the greatest, in my opinion, male tennis player of all time. Now, yes, I understand he may not have as many, you know, as many wins or as many uh, accolades as a Rod- uh, Rafael Nadal or a Novak Djokovic. But they all brung something different to the game. Novak, uh, Raphael, and Roger. You see, Novak, he has the, like, 
his stamina, he I, he has some of the I don't know how the hell like he could be down bad and find a way to rally off point after point after point after point after point, and then he ultimately just overcomes and, and you and you lose. Power. Rafael Nadal, his bro, he he has speed and strength. The speed in which he's able to connect with the ball and speed to to volley and it's it's second to none. And Roger Federer, he brung a, a gracefulness to the game. You see. Roger Federer, very, I don't think, I think maybe once or twice I've ever seen him get mad. We've ever seen him get mad. There hasn't been one person <clears throat> that, at least we've heard, that doesn't like Ra- Raphael or Roger Federer. I mean, yeah, he's from Switzerland, but you see people, a lot of people today, when we talk about... Uh, Francis Tiafo, when we talk about Carlos uh, Alvarez, I think his last name is, the one that just won the Open. And they said one of their biggest inspirations was, and, and one of the people that they like to model their game around was Rafael Nadal. I mean, it was uh, Roger Federer. Roger Federer has 103 career titles, second most in the US, uh, in the Open era. He's won the Australian Open one, two, three, four, five times. Won the French Open once. Won Wimbledon one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight times. And won the U.S. Open one, two, three, four, five times. Mm, mm, mm. He also has a gold medal in uh, the Olympics in doubles. And one biggest reasons why I talked about, you know, Tom Brady and LeBron James and and even Serena. One of the biggest reasons I feel Roger Federer is retiring is due to health. Injuries just started piling, whether it was back injuries, shoulder injuries, knee injuries, they just started piling up. And rightfully so, he's 41 years old, which isn't old in life. 41 years old is very young when we talk about the grand scheme of life. But in sports, 41 is is old, especially when he is one, 1,251 single matches and lost 275 of them. He's won 131 doubles and lost 92 of them. So he's played in well over 1,382 matches. In fact, that's how much he's won, 1,382 matches. That's That takes a toll on the body when you play on clay, when you play on uh, the courts. Those take a toll. Hell, look at look at Tiger. 
You think Tiger had one of the strong, if not the strongest swing of all time. His swing, that just sounded different. And now look, back injury after back injury after back injury after back injury. It doesn't take away from his greatness. Just your body breaks down on you, and that's what happened with Roger Federer. And, it, and it, even his body just told him he couldn't do it anymore. So Serena Williams retired. Roger Federer retired. Thank you, Roger Federer. I, both of you guys made me care about tennis when you were playing. <laughs> um. I wish nothing for the best for Roger Federer, and and he will go down as one of the goats, one of the greatest tennis players of all time. So. And I'm sorry I had to finish with this, man. I'm sorry I had to fi- uh, follow Roger Federer up, but Brett Favre. Let's let's talk about it for a second. You know, they talk about white privilege a lot. And a lot of times when we discuss white privilege, um, the thing that usually gets discussed is is advantages that white people have over other races such as African Americans. And we usually talk about you know, money, status, when we talk about white privilege, but criticism also, also can and is affected by white privilege. You see, Brett Favre was caught stealing i think it was like five million dollars from mississippi welfare let me first from a person that struggled most of his young ad uh, young life bounced from home to home to home i've been homeless lived in a shelter slept on people's floors i understand how important Welfare is for people that need it. And I was doing this in Maryland and D.C. I wasn't doing this in Mississippi, which is. Or Mississippi is the poorest state in the world, in the United States. And Brett Favre, I think, stole like five million from Mississippi welfare. Mississippi, half of, most of Mississippi ain't got clean water right now, bro. Not even clean. They ain't got livable water. Their water's like black. And when I talk about white privilege, this isn't the first thing Brett Favre has done that is like, what? Yet, nobody ever talks about it. Nobody ever talks about the alcohol. Nobody ever talks about the sex addiction. Nobody ever talks about a lot of things that he did. He is. To steal a man in Brett Favre. And shouts out to Shannon Sharp. He said it so eloquently. 
you want to know, you want to see an, an example of white privilege? I'll let this be a black person. That was let let Brett Favre be Michael Vick. And let Michael Vick steal five million from Mississippi welfare. You think that man would be walking the streets right now? Yo, remember they put that young or they put that that lady away? Like they threw they they put her in jail because she lied about like where she lived so her daughter can have can go to a better school. They put her in jail for like five years or something. Brett Favre stole millions and knew about it because he he sent text messages about it. Hey, yo, if 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 will the media ever you know know where I got this money from? My G, that that's that's how you know that this money ain't right, bro. That's this man has made millions upon millions, hundreds of millions, playing football, wearing Wranglers. And you stealing from Mississippi welfare? And then they tried to play, you know, he gave $5 million to his daughter's volleyball team or his daughter's volleyball, like a stadium or a college or something. He didn't do that. He stole, he stole money. The money that he stole did that. They were giving him money for speeches he never did. And Shannon Sharp said it best, man. Brett Favre walked into the Hall of Fame. Even without, even, you know, put this aside. There's a lot of things that will make you question Brett Favre as a good person. And he just walked into the Hall of Fame. Yet T.O. had absolutely no off-field incidents. The worst thing he did off-field was was do push-ups in his driveway and sit-ups in his driveway. Yet and still, he had to fight to be in the Hall of Fame. Brett Favre is... He's in that special class, bro, of worst of the worst. To steal from a... The poorest state in the United States. Millions. And knew about it. And didn't care. And what's even worse is, bro, I don't see him going to jail. What got him, what got him caught was he, he, did, he refused to pay interest on the money he stole. He refused to pay interest. He not only did he was he not going to pay it back. He didn't even pay the interest, which is lower than the money. He didn't want to pay like $250,000 for five million. He didn't want to pay interest off money he stole. White privilege. Let and, and you know it's white privilege. Cause let Brett Favre be black. 
they put they put Michael Vick away for dog fighting. Now, yes, dog fighting is very you know illegal and and you gotta love dogs, but they put Michael Vick in jail for for participating in dog fighting. Brett Favre, not only st- Brett Favre, millionaire by the way, football Hall of Famer, not only stole millions, but he stole millions from the richest, I mean the poorest state in the United States of America. A state, by the way, where a majority of the state at this moment has black shit coming from their faucets. And has been told to boil their water in order to be safe enough to wash. There you have it. Uh, that's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. I appreciate you guys. If you want a popular podcast, shirt, hoodie, sweater, long sleeve joggers. The link is in the description below. Have multiple different colors, multiple different designs. Get your unpopular podcast merch today. Also, please subscribe to if you're listening. Please subscribe to if you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. And until next time, much love. Tears falling down my bitch face. Now she forever trying to show me how that shit tastes. Ain't really been dropping, I've been trying to get my shit straight. Had to set my prices, 20 mil for every mixtape. Party in every night, don't do it for me, I'm trying to get cake. Level up, filling hundreds up all in my big safe. I said enough, I said again, I'm trying to wet them up. Thinking with his dick, I'm getting a pretty bitch to set him up. It's better them than better us. It's never them, forever us. And every M I ever touched, I multiplied it, doubled up. I know life matters, should I divide to see my brother up? Some got in they feelings deep inside, but never bring it up. And all I did was fuck shit up. I told niggas that these hoes ain't got no love for us. I told niggas that these rappers don't really fuck with us. The wave is all they want from us, like it's made for only one of us. I'm straight on all that other stuff, for real. I know hanging deep off in the trench will get me killed. But I get a rush from it, love the way it feel. Hang around the vultures, knowing this rich cost a mill. Hold up, let me take the wheel. Said pay the cost to be the boss, so I expect to pay the bill. Should I expect to do some favors, but I expect to keep it real. And I'm expecting them to hate me where I shine the shit for real. But I ain't respecting niggas. Falling by no money, I know girls I'm giving. Bad bitches' faces, I got money out this world, and I be shining like a star on top of that. They know I'm third, my niggas. Lot behind them bars on top of that. I'm paying bills and paying the pills for all my niggas that got life inside themselves, and they're real. I'm breaking bread with Billy Boys, they know my art is pure. You reach and I start drawing, cause I know the art of war. I know that they ain't on the shit we on, and that's for sure. I'm knowing that for sure. You ain't talking about no money when you talking. I'm like, what you talking for? When them new business had dropped me in Chino and Baltimore. Got the whole city popping for Philly to Baltimore. I really should talk some more motivation for all of y'all. Label calling on the line and I know what they calling for. They calling about them ills, about them losses, them wins. I can show you how to make a boss out your men. Send your car to a Benz, but it'll cost you your friends. They be waiting on your downfall if you fall, that's the end. But if you win, they come around more and now I make amends. I seen it. Cross my heart, hope they die. Fuck niggas, I mean it. Honey, shoot as I survive, beat the streets on my jeans. Yeah. Yeah.
Living life on the edge. Shorty said I'm living like a price on my head. Got the pipe out of bed. I'm trying to get a nigga right from what he did. I'm trying to take a nigga life from what he said. Too many nights from seeing red. Too many. Too many nights from seeing red.